Welcome to Nomad Yarners, the yarn truck podcast. We're Erica and Dave, a husband and wife mobile yarn shop owners, bringing you tales from the road, adventures in fiber arts with a little bit of the rest of life thrown in. This is episode 100. <laughs> Recorded the week of March 26, 2020. Today's segments include cabin fever ideas and where's nomads at your house. Sit back, get comfy, and enjoy the show. So it's on in this episode with a massive party, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we made it to 100 episodes. Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, now doesn't really seem the time to celebrate, so let's... Let's move swiftly on, and we'll celebrate a different number at a different time. Okay, so we're going to carry on with our cabin fever ideas, uh, just to give you some ideas of just things to brighten up your day while you are stuck at home like us. Indiana is now on full lockdown until at least April 6th, um, and our, all of our schools are closed until at least May 1st, so we're going to be here for quite a long time. Okay, well, Dave, we've done what we did last episode. Um, we got some good feedback about that, so we will keep that up. Um, Dave is going to get us started with his idea number one for cabin fever curing. Okay, this is something we saw out in the wild, and we thought, what a good idea. What a great way to brighten up someone's day. So we are fully committing. Um, we hit one place already. You may be thinking I'm being cryptic. It's sidewalk chalk. That's all. Just simple. <laughs> Just simple and easy. Go outside. You're at your house. I bet you you've got some chalk somewhere there. Even if you don't have any kids, grandkids, any kids that visit your house, I bet you somewhere you have a stick of chalk. Go and write a message on the sidewalk. The, the post office is still going to deliver to your house. There are still people who are going to have to go and walk and get their groceries. You're still going to see people around town. Go and write something cheerful. Go and show that there is hope in this world by drawing a pretty picture draw a rainbow draw a smiley face we saw some out when we went for a short walk the other day um just before the full lockdowns were in place and he's saying full lockdowns it's not exactly true essential businesses grocery stores pharmacies are still open um there are still people going to work um it's just you are asked not to leave your house unless it is an essential yes, it's purpose. a shelter in place order um so Go and brighten up someone's day. There were people who had gone and written messages and drawn pictures all along the sidewalks um, on one of the trails that we regularly walk, and it, it genuinely cheered us up. It, was, it really it was did. Really it nice made me for our day. It made me cry. I mean, the happy kind, sort of. So yeah, go and do it. You can go do that with kids, um, and really just big, bold, colourful things. Just. Brighten up your neighborhood. It's something you can do. People will see it out their windows. People who have to be out and around will see it. It will give some them some kind of human contact. So go do it. Go make the world bright. What's your first idea, Erica? Mine is sashiko embroidery. I looked it up so that I knew for sure how to say it this week. And because last time I talked about it a little bit, um, but I can never remember the name. So I've done it and said it and read about it enough times that it is Sashiko. No, uh, no sushi involved this time? No. Um, so I talked a little bit about this last time, but I've gotten way into it and I'm just really enjoying it. Um, and I suspect most of you will have the materials that you would need to play with it um, at your house as well, especially if you are of the crafting variety. 
um, which probably if you are listening to this podcast, you are. Um, with the Sashiko, it is a uh, Japanese-inspired, it's it's an embroidery technique. It's kind of a Japanese hand quilting technique is what it, what it originated as. Um, but it is often and most popularly right now used for mending, um, especially the technique called visible mending. Um, what you are basically doing, um, how the how the technique originated, as I understand it, I am not a um, a historian who has studied the history of this technique. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. Um, but it was originally a Japanese hand quilting technique, and it's just a running stitch. So if you are have ever dealt with any kind of sewing, you're probably familiar with what that is. It's just go over the fabric, go under the fabric, go over the fabric, go under the fabric. Um, and if you pull too tight on your string, your fabric gathers up because um, there's no locking of anything in place. Um, but with the sashiki, you're... Shiko um, hand quilting or embroidery or mending um, you are putting these so you're, you're basically you're doing mostly straight lines um, and you can do mostly straight lines and create all kinds of really cool patterns um, you can do you do, have a suggested resource or is this just this is an Erica style like I looked at pictures on Google images and just drew them out um, <laughs> I have not I I will try to find a link to something good that I think would be useful for, for a lot of people to get started. I don't tend to read directions very well. Um, I just can't be bothered. I would rather figure it out on my own and do it wrong than uh, read somebody else's take on how to do it. I'm not very good at learning how to play new board games for the exact same reason. I can't be bothered to listen to the instructions. Um, and so the you play a lot of board games. That's kind of frustrating. Try. <laughs> um, but what I have been doing is I have been taking a like a four inch by four inch square piece of fabric, and you can use any fabric you want. Um, I find if you're just gonna do it on a on the square on a little sample piece, a little bit stiffer fabric works a bit better. Um, this uh, visible mending is really popular to do on denim on blue jeans. So if you have such an old pair of blue jeans that it is unwearable anymore cut the leg off one of them and practice this um so i've done it on like corduroy scraps and various different things like that um but what i am currently using is actually um, quilting cotton um, and i have two layers of it um that i'm that i'm using so get yourself a piece of fabric um it could be a, a uh, like a linen napkin that has stains on it at your house. It could be part of a piece of clothing that is too worn to be used for anything else. Um, it, it can be, I mean, I bet you could do it on a, on a knitted fabric. It could be a sock that has a hole in it, whatever fabric you've, um, you've got handy. Um, and if you have embroidery thread and an embroidery needle or a small tapestry needle, um, that is going to work well. You, It's going to be the easiest to get started and create the biggest visual impact to use a contrasting color. So the project that I'm doing now, the fabric is navy blue and the yarn that I'm using is bright like a goldy yellow. Um, uh, so it really stands out. It's easy to see what you're doing and it makes the cool design that you're doing all your hard work with really stand out. Um, if you don't have those materials at your house, um, sewing thread will work just fine. If you have one needle and one ball of thread, find a piece of fabric that's a different color than that thread and you've got yourself some sashiko supplies. 
Uh, I did. Uh, and then to trace the designs, what I have been doing is using a regular ruler um, and I have a chalk like a colored pencil, but instead of being a regular colored pencil, it's chalk. Um, and this is for making quilting lines. So if you have such a thing, that works great. If you don't, try it with a regular colored pencil. Try it with a ballpoint pen. <laughs> try it with a Sharpie. Um, or some of that sidewalk chalk that you have left over. Or I think the sidewalk chalk is going to be too <laughs> thick um, to, to be successful. But give it a try. Um, what else are you gonna do? What else are you gonna do? Um, and obviously, I'm talking to the people who are providing not or who are not employed in the essential services. I do not want to downplay the fact that although a lot of us have more time at home, a lot of us are also working insane hours and run completely ragged. And I don't want us to forget that not everybody has unlimited free time on their hands. Um, and which is not to say that we have unlimited free time on our hands, even though we're not leaving our house very much. Um, but, uh, what I am doing is I'm taking a regular ruler and I'm drawing down one side of the ruler, um, with the chalk and then I'm moving the ruler so that that line touches the other side of the ruler. My ruler is just over an inch wide. Um, and I am making a grid. I go all the way across the fabric one way doing that. And then I start on the other side of the square and go all the way across the other way. So I have a grid of about one by one inch squares. Um, it's not highly sophisticated at all, um, and that works just fine. If you have a straight edge of any sort, including another piece of paper, it's going to work the exact same way. Um, and then you can do the very simplest. You can just do straight lines on that grid, um, and you will have created Sashiko embroidery. Um, you can get all kinds of fancier. Um, I'm doing one right now where I'm doing like a, a petal shaped or like a squished oval um, that goes from one corner to another in that grid. So I did the grid and then I'm, I'm putting the, the almost like flower petal and I'm making them, there's four squares that touch each other. I'm making the four flower petals kind of meet in the middle like it's a flower. Um, I'll put a picture of this up on our show notes. Um, but I didn't even draw the little petal shapes that I'm doing. I just freehanded it. And I do not have a lot of hand sewing experience. So these are not perfect and that's okay. <laughs> Um, I will tell you, and I mean, so what I have done is I basically, I start everything with that grid and then I just look on Google images and say, okay, what do people fill the grid in with? Um, and it can be circles. It can be another line going across. It can be, I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can put in that grid system. Um, but kind of getting that, that start, um, on there has worked well for me. Um, you can do, so what I am doing right now is I had two fat quarters. If you're a quilting familiar, I don't even know what those, um, uh, what the dimensions of those are, but it's a really big placemat kind of size. Um, I had two fat quarters that I loved. They were both batik fabrics turned the or sewed around the outside of both of them left a little gap turned it right side out and drew my grid um so i am actually going to do i divided it into like five inch squares um, and i'm going to do a different um a different look to my grid and all of the uh, however many different squares there are um there there's like 12. 12. Um, so I will do 12 different Sashiko techniques in there. Um, I am enjoying doing it. This piece of fabric serves absolutely no purpose. I might hang it on my wall when I'm done. I might set it on fire because it will remind me of this time. Um, <laughs> but it, I have enjoyed doing it. Um, I like to see 
a physical difference in the world. When I sit down and do something for a length of time, I like to see something happen at the end rather than scrolling through my phone and hating everything. Um, so on that happy note, Dave, why don't you give us another idea of something we could do? So yeah, talking about not sitting and scrolling through your phone in just in your house, look at your house. How much time do you really spend here? Um, for us, a lot more than we uh, normally do. We're normally out on the road with the truck, but also we, we don't spend a lot of time at our home in the meantime, or at least inside our house. And we, we live in a home that we've renovated and there's always some projects that we've wanted to do. So that's what we're focusing on. And if you're like us and own your home and have always wanted to do more stuff in it, now is the time. We've all got materials to do house projects that we wanted to do at our homes and haven't finished them. And house projects can include the one Dave is going to talk about is something that would be more homeowner-ish. Um, but I'm going to throw in a different one at the end that is just rearranging some furniture um, that you can do no matter where you live. And I was going to suggest just go around and first thing you do, which is kind of one of the next things I'm going to be doing, is go around and check all your light bulbs. Everyone has a burnout light bulb somewhere. Check to see if there's like loose screws on your chair legs. I've certainly gone around and done all of that. Just yeah, that was after our two-year-old ripped the seat off one of our tiny room chairs. But it's it's really easy if you just need to get up off your sofa from watching the TV that you've been streaming for five hours in a row. Get up, find a screwdriver, go and tie up all the legs on all of your dining chairs. It's, it really makes you feel better, it gets you active, um, and it makes sure that you the environment that you're going to be in for longer than you normally are, even if you're working from home and just need a break from your computer, get up and, and, and do something practical and it will make you feel better like you've achieved an extra thing. We went a little bit further than most people because, uh, because we do, that's just who we are. <laughs> um, uh, a couple of uh, months ago, we purchased a beautiful chandelier that our son has tried to wear as a dress a couple yes. of times. <laughs> Rowan is another thing. Um, so we finally took that on. Uh, this was before we were really getting into the, the true uh, shelter-in-place orders here. So um, we did have to go to the hardware store twice in the same day um, to pick up uh, a couple of... Uh, missing items because yeah, this was well over a week ago though um and we are taking lots of precaution i were when we do go out even places like the post office we have a lysol container and uh, paper towels in the in the car we're taking a lysol wipe wiping all the door handles only touching things with the wipe um all all of the things um, we we are taking this especially seriously as uh, erica's mother was a, a transplant um recipient uh, getting on for 40 years ago now so uh, she has been years immunocompromised years for, for, for 40 years so this is especially um we're being especially vigilant um so yes we make sure you do have all the items you need from the hardware store before you start this one um if you don't i i know i don't like telling people to go to the big online retailers but if you need to buy some screws from amazon to finish the project in your house that will make you feel better 
now is an okay time to do that. <laughs> um, and I'm going to do another plug. I think I mentioned it last time. Check and see if you have a local buy nothing group. Um, I have just been really, really pleased. This would be a great way to ask. Um, so these are hyper local, um, generally only one like in your town and oftentimes just like the east side of your town or the west side of your town. Um, a small geographic area where generally everybody lives within just a few miles of each other. Um, you can put out a request and say, you know what, I need four inch long screws does anyone have that um they can there's a lot of uh, people that are still continuing to use this service um are doing a lot of porch pickups or it's in my mailbox kind of a thing you can bring your lysol wipe and open their mailbox um, lid with it or pick the um, pick the bag up off of their their front porch with a with a wipe um, don't need to see them um, in all of that kind of stuff um, but it's a great place especially if you need something small um, like that um, and then you can uh, kind of build a little online community and feel less isolated that way as well um, because then you start to see people asking um, for things small things that you might have at your house like toilet roll tubes so their kids can do craft projects <laughs> And this will be the perfect thing to carry on after all of this. Um, we're always advocates for building local communities, building craft communities. Just be kind to each other um, and be kind to yourself. Make your house look smarter. Uh, if you live in an 1870s uh, building and you have to put in a new chandelier, that's a little bit more challenging. Um, we are isolating to um, to everyone but uh, my in-laws, so um, they have Poppy and Rowan today, so we can do some podcast recording and another couple of things here. Um, they're basically, they might as well be at our house, we, we see them so often. Um, so I and somehow... we are doing things like doing their grocery shopping and pharmacy runs um, because of my mom's additional health concerns and just their age. Um, so we uh, we had to get out the big ladder. Um, now is not the time to fall off the big ladder. Um, so we have twelve foot ceilings. Um, it was it was certainly an entertaining uh, entertaining uh, situation with us having to take down the old lights, and then because of everything that was um, in this building, um, a lot of the original lights were not installed with any kind of boxes. <laughs> um, we definitely have to do a little bit of. Um, unusual practices to get everything to be safe and up to a modern standard um, including uh, usually a couple of hardware store runs so if you can pick a house project you can do hopefully one that doesn't involve a tall ladder and um, needing someone else to come in and help you and go into the hardware store a couple of times but it will make you feel better and we're so glad that we have that installed we're already lining up a few more projects to do and um, we reorganized some furniture yesterday and built um, a, an area that I think Erica's about to kind of add on. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, less sort of infrastructure changes. The kids, at, well, Poppy in particular, our four-year-old, loves doing crafts pretty much more than anything ever. I wonder where she got it from. Um, <laughs> and we love to encourage her creativity, and we love doing craft projects. But man, had our dining room table, which is the place that we eat every single meal at, been completely covered with kid and, craft projects. And record this podcast. Yeah, and do lots of other things. It's our office um, where we do all of the office work. Um, uh, been covered in kids craft supplies for 10 days. We basically haven't left our house in 10 days. Um, and so we were going a bit mad, um, and we decided to create a kids' craft zone upstairs. Um, it was either that or take it all outside and burn it at that point, honestly. Yeah. Um, 
we have been trying to burn a brush pile unsuccessfully all day today, so there's a little bit more talk of burning than normal. <laughs> um, we have been unsuccessful at burning the things that we were supposed to be burning. Um, but so we had each of the kids had their own bedroom but there was a thing and they both decided they wanted to share a room so they're now both in the same room which means there is a spare room upstairs um that we've been calling the playroom but they don't really spend all that much time in it um it has a spare bed in there so that if i'm up all night i can go in there and sleep later in the morning um but uh, we turned one corner of that room um, into their crafting space. We had a train table that we got when Poppy was or like very soon after Rowan was born that they never used. Um, so we put all the train parts away. We flipped the um, scenery layer over so that it's just like the brown wood particle board stuff of the of the top. That's their craft table now. Um, the little bins underneath, um, two on each side that held the trains and and uh, tracks is now the place where finished art pieces go. And the rule is that you can only keep, you can keep as much art or as you can keep whatever art you want to, but it all has to fit in there. Um, so if your bins are overflowing, you have to go through and decide what you don't want to keep anymore. Um, and then we had two, um, I want to say Ikea, but I think they were from Target. They were um, closet made cube Yeah, those, those cube things. I don't know. They're like 14-inch cubes. Um, and they were standing upright, so they were like four feet tall or something. Um, we turned them on their side. Um, so now that they're only like three feet tall, um, the kids can access all of the shelves of them. And if they were to climb on top of them and they fall over, it would be less of a big deal. Um, and then we put all of their art supplies on those two. And we had enough kid art supplies to fill up two of these um i don't know like three foot tall by four foot long um cubes and stuff so they have the the crayon bin and the paper bin and the coloring book bin and the um all the things and we gained like three cupboards back in the in our house which yes. is fantastic <laughs> where all of this stuff was stored um and poppy is more excited about this than i've seen her about anything in a long time so everybody's happy um and it made our life our day-to-day -day living better so we can eat and work and do all the other things we want at our we dining didn't table. have to move anything to start this podcast recording <laughs> yes um and we didn't have to move any furniture it was actually all furniture that was already in that room um we just changed the layout a bit okay so erica talking about um things moving i guess what have you got? <laughs> what have you got moving in the kitchen? What a weird segue. <laughs> um, I have been doing all of the fermenting in the kitchen because I like projects and I like doing weird things. Um, so it drives Dave nuts. Um, but he's being nice about it because we're all struggling a little bit. Uh, I have uh, like an ongoing rotation now of making cow milk yogurt, making oat milk yogurt, um, making kombucha. And I have just started um, a batch, my very first ever batch of apple scrap vinegar, um, which I have never tried to make before. Um, so I've talked before about all the yogurt making stuff. I'll try to put links in the show notes to that. Um, but the process of making yogurt is very straightforward. You heat up the milk of whatever variety you are using. Um, you then let it cool down to about 110, 100, 110 degrees. Um, you drop in the live cultures at that point. So store-bought cow milk yogurt or store-bought 
vegan yogurt, um, oat milk or soy milk based yogurt. Um, you do need to use the different ones depending on what milk you're using um, because the, uh, the, the beneficial bacteria that are in them are different strains. And so you want to use the right one for the right one. Um, and then you keep it as warm as you can. Um, I put it in a cooler with a heated rice bag um, that I warm up in the microwave first. Um, I have found for me 24 hours is the magic number. Um, I start it in the morning as I'm getting the kids breakfast ready and I put it in the fridge the next morning. Um, and it's creating a really pleasantly sour, but not overly sour and a good uh, texture. When I was doing it for 12 hours, um, uh, just like overnight, it was, it was too liquidy. Um, so I'm liking this way better. Um, the kombucha, I, uh, I don't need to talk about how to do that. It's a whole thing. Um, if you're super into it, look it up. Um, but you, you need a, a gross thing that looks like a lump of phlegm and then you think <laughs> tea until it tastes terrible. <laughs> David's not a kombucha fan. <laughs> um, but the apple scrap vinegar is the first time I've ever done this. The kids love applesauce, so we made applesauce. Um, and we had, um, I don't know, like 15 apples worth of apple cores and apple peels. Um, now the kids like to eat the apple peels some, but they <laughs> Spaghetti don't. style. Yeah. <laughs> we have one of those, like you crank the handle and it peels the apple and takes the core out at the same time. Um, and they try to eat it as fast as it is coming off this machine, like spaghetti. Um, and they can't quite keep up with these cranking <laughs> ability. Um, so they eat a fair amount of the apple peels, but not all of them. Um, and uh, so I found a recipe. There is a website called zerowastechef.com. She's also on Instagram and probably on Facebook. Um, and she talks a lot about using the like little bits and pieces left over from cooking. Um, and um, one of her recipes was is like six apple cores and peels with a tablespoon of sugar and then fill it up with water until it covers the scraps. Um, she said to use dechlorinated water or like, I forget, the, like the bottled water that you get. I didn't do that. I'm going to try it this way and see if it works. I used water out of the tap. Um, and Dave is unhappy with me. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, theoretically, your water from the tap is chlorinated and that's going to kill the like yeast and bacteria and stuff that are naturally occurring on the apple skins, which is what creates the vinegar. But you never know until you try. Um, and I, uh, so you leave it for basically until it goes all bubbly and starts to smell a little bit alcoholic. And then you strain out the like bits. So you, you take out all of the cores and the peels and stuff. Um, and then you just let the liquid bubble and bubble and bubble until it goes through smelling like alcohol until it starts to smell like vinegar. And then you taste it and see if you like it. And if you do, you put it in the fridge. And if you don't, you let it keep going. Okay. Um, she has a more technical description of what you're doing. So read that before you start it. Um, and I will let you know if we're if using the mildly chlorinated water from our tap on Town of Plainfield water um, kills everything and makes it rot instead of being vinegar. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a secret plan in a couple of days because the water will naturally, like the chlorine as it sits out, that's what you can make dechlorinated water. Just put a shallow pan full of water and let it sit out for a couple of days. So my plan in a couple of days, if this isn't starting to look fermenty, is we have some like raw, unprocessed apple cider vinegar in our cupboard. 
And so if nothing has happened in a few days, the chlorine has gone out of the water. I'll put a big old glug of that in there, which will have all of that stuff in it, and then it can grow from there. So I have a plan. So it's good to have a plan B. Yeah. I mean, the, the plan A would have been much better to freeze the apple scraps and create dechlorinated water and then start the project. But that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to do it that second, so I did. Okay. So talking about plan B, uh, where's them at this week? That's all you, Dave. In your house, same as normal. Um, we're going to be even more in your house than we have been over the last week. Um, if you go and check out our website and our Facebook page now, we have set up a full schedule of digital content and delivery options um, to make sure that we can continue to do virtual truck stops. Um, so every Sunday, um, basically until the shutdown is over, um, we will be putting up a vote for what you would like our virtual classes to be that week. Um, a choice of two options kind of along the same theme. Um, this week, um, this Sunday, we put options up for uh, sock classes, and we will be teaching our Afterthought Everything Sock on Saturday. Um, go and check out, um, as that sign-up is over for that, um, our Facebook page. And did you put it up on Instagram as well? Yes, yes, we did. Okay, um, so we tallied up everyone who had voted on that and then picked out of those two classes, and we will be putting up um, kits for delivery for those available on Monday and Tuesday to make sure they get to you in time. So um, watch out for next weeks. We haven't quite decided what those two are going to be, um, so stay tuned for Sunday. Um, then on Thursday, we'll be getting, putting our podcasts out the same as normal. Um, so that's today. Every week, that's today. Um, then Fridays, we will be doing our Facebook Live. Um, so Fridays at 4 p.m. until about 4.45, I will be going out and doing a virtual yarn truck tour. So we'll uh, have a look at anything new that's on the truck, um, any kind of sneak peeks and new releases we have going on. This week, I'm going to be guiding you through what we're putting in. Um, mystery boxes. Every one of those is different, but I'll kind of give you a, an example of those that are going out as they've been real popular. And then talking about any other kind of upcoming things we have going that week. It's also a good time to, uh, if you have any questions um, or ideas that you need some help with, um, come and chat to us on there too. Um, we'll also be talking about, uh, we're looking at setting up a couple of options for doing uh, digital personal shopping and digital private lessons. We're still working on those, but hopefully we'll have that up and running for you soon too. Um, and then Saturday at 2 p.m. we'll be teaching those virtual classes. Um, we're also uh, continuing to do, you know, did this a bit out of order, um, on Tuesday evenings, uh, we are doing our virtual crafting club too. So if you'd like to come and just chat with us on the video conferencing, um, all the information on that is on our Facebook page too. Um, and and on our website, exactly how to how to do it. The uh, virtual crafting club on Tuesday nights is totally free. We use the platform Zoom, which you do not have to have any kind of a paid subscription for um, to be able to come along to our 40 minute um, virtual crafting club. And the um, the virtual classes, uh, the only cost for those is basically the cost for the kit and then five dollars for the tuition. Um, if you already have the kit that we will be teaching from, um, you can just send us a picture. It's just five dollars tuition to join up that too. So um, we have a full roster of things going, um, and then also 
keep an eye out. We have some some really cool new hand eye things coming out soon. I teased some of those today on our social media as well. So we have lots of new stuff coming. If you have any ideas of things that we'd like to uh, have us ship out to you or any um, additional classes or clubs you'd like us to run, drop us a message, drop us a Facebook message, drop us an email, um, uh, chat on Instagram, however you want to. Um, reach out and we'll see what we can do. Yep, and we are using as many precautions as possible in terms of safety with shipping. There have been some questions about that. Um, my best answer is you should do what feels most appropriate to you. Um, we are, nobody in our household um, is ill and we are taking the, the quarantine um, and the social distancing pretty darn seriously. Um, as we are packing things up, um, they are sealed and we are using a shipping service where the regular mail is able to pick them up from our mailbox. So we are not actually going into um, the, the post office um, unless it is absolutely necessary. And then we are going when it, it sometimes we have a box that is or two, a box that is too big for our mailbox or too many boxes. Um, and so we are going to the post office when it is closed. We are wiping down all of the handles with the bleach wipe. We're not touching anything inside it. And we are both changing our clothes and showering after we get back again. Like I said, my mom has been immunocompromised for 40 years and I love all of you guys, but I care more about keeping her safe than you guys. Um, so um, it is at your discretion about in terms of how safe you feel receiving parcels in the mail. Um, but we are doing the, um, the utmost precautions that we are able to as we're sending things out. Yeah, everything that is being sent out, including the packaging and labeling and everything is already at our house. Um, it's out either in the truck or in our kind of um, storage space outside. That nobody else Nobody shares. else ever goes into yeah, those. Um, so I'm, I'm the one packing the orders. That's kind of, <laughs> kind of one of my jobs around here is the online uh, ordering. So make it sure to thoroughly wash my hands before I go out there and make sure I'm not touching my face. I know I'm like that. Um, going out, packing the orders straight into the containers, making sure they're all sealed up. They, the labels are printed here on site. I put the labels on and walk them down to our mailbox put them in and then I come back in and wash my hands from using the mailbox. So it's uh, once it's left us, the only people who are going to touch it is the mailman who's coming to your house anyway. Um, so yeah, um, everything is being packaged as, uh, as cleanly and carefully as possible. Okay, well everybody stay safe, um, take care, do what you need to do um, to be well both physically and mentally. Um, it's a little rough out there right now, so take care of yourself. Take care of yourself, take care of others, just be be kind, be positive. This is how we're going to get through this. Thanks for listening. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Ravelry, and our website, knowmyjarchup.com. And remember, in crafting and in life, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.